souls at sundown get advice and tunes when you don't even know what to freaking do. Souls at sundown keeps it fresh and new every other Friday with Megan Hughes. Wow. Hello, souls at sundown listeners, and welcome back to the pod. I'm so happy to be talking with you again. Um, A lot has happened in the past few weeks since we last spoke, and I'm just going to do a really quick, you know, bullet-pointed update for you on why I was taking a break. I first took a six-week break because I was evacuated from the Oregon wildfires. There was a lot going on. Um, I went on a vacation, and then I came back. When I came back from said vacation, I was like, wait, my podcast has been deleted from iTunes? That apparently happened on like 9-10 or 9-11. I'm unsure exactly, but I checked my like podcast email and I saw these emails from iTunes and RIAA, which is the Recording Industry Association of America. And they had basically filed like two complaints against me for using an Alicia Keys song and a Now song, N-A-O, in past episodes. I'm talking years ago. Um, Episode 12 as well as episode 25 were what they were coming after me for. So they basically complained to iTunes. iTunes deleted my podcast. I was going back and forth with them literally since, you know, the beginning of October and of September, talking to them, being like, what the heck is going on here? I don't know why you removed it completely. Like, I understand it was copywritten music. Totally get that. Just kind of trying to figure out if I need to like delete all of my old episodes to be able to still be hosted on on iTunes because 65% of you listen on iTunes to this podcast, which is, you know, more than half. And <laughs> I was really getting concerned about becoming a, you know, Spotify mainly podcast. I was like, I don't know if people are going to listen anymore if I do that change. And I frankly, I don't want to do that change. I want to be available wherever you guys listen to your pods. So alas, after, you know, two weeks at a time, me waiting for a response from either RIAA or iTunes, they finally hit me back. And iTunes said, with the disputed audio removed, we have reinstated your podcast. Please allow some time for our system to refresh. And by disputed audio, they mean episodes 12 and 25, which literally were deleted so many years ago, so I don't really understand why this happened in the first place. But anyways, I digress. We are celebrating our win today. And when I'm recording this, today is Thursday the 29th, and I got that email yesterday and I was rejoicing. So when you guys hear this on the 30th, and for my Patreon peeps, you will hear this on the day I'm recording it, the 29th. Um, Yeah, just know that this is very recent change. Maybe some podcast art possibly won't be updated on iTunes. I hope that it will. Um, Thank you for being patient with me. There was a lot of things that I was just kind of considering and thinking about while this was all happening. I was like, okay, damn, you know, I had a good run playing music on my podcast for like four years, but I don't know if that's going to be possible from here on out. But in the midst of all these changes too, Anchor released this like press statement with Spotify and basically like released information that they were going to be partnering with Spotify in allowing music podcasts to exist. And I was like, hey, that's me. (laughs) Music and advice over here at Souls at Sundown. 
Um, so basically I think their new tool for Spotify is like you can choose from the Spotify library from like certain songs and there's certain requirements if you want to advertise on your podcast and monetize it. Um, and I'm kind of considering maybe possibly doing that, but I never got a solid answer from iTunes on like their approach with that because iTunes is the one who, you know, has more of an issue and Apple as a company has more of an issue with all these podcasting copyright restrictions and they really never gave me a clear answer on if I started using music again if they would delete me and right now I just really don't want to run the risk of doing that so this all being said I'm going to be including a a podcast kind of playlist at the end of this for my Patreon peeps only because they already are paying for the full episodes of the podcast the ad-free versions of the podcast it's like why not just attach a nice little music bit onto the end for you guys on there. So if you want to become a patron for as low as $1 a month, you can get at least just the podcast as well as writing offerings. But I also offer videos on there and my tiers are $1, $3, $5, and $10. But anyways, the link is patreon.com slash Megan Hughes. If you just want to type that in and follow your dreams, you can read about all the tiers on there. But for those of you who are going to be continuing listening on all other platforms, you know, Apple, Spotify, all the other places that this podcast is available on, I totally apologize for the lack of music that's going to be offered from here on out. I just really, right now at least, you know, like end of October, I'm not feeling like it's worth it to run the risk to distribute that to all platforms again because the reason why it happened was because of copyright and recording industries and just people coming after me for playing certain artists. And it really depends on the artists that I play, obviously. But um, I know that a lot of you, I've gotten reviews in the past that are like, oh, I could do without the music on this podcast. And I also know that a lot of you like the music and I love the music. You know, this started as a music-based podcast. I rarely gave advice. It was more so just like, this is what I'm feeling, updates on life. Let's play some music I've been loving, you know, just because I love music. So having that element taken out for all of the other platforms right now, other than Patreon, it's kind of, you know, an odd adjustment for me because I'm not used to being just a talking show. Granted, there are some episodes where I only play one song or, you know, one or two or something, but Really, until I know for sure that I won't get repeatedly deleted from Apple Podcasts, I'm not going to be using that Spotify and Anchor music collaborative option. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to hear back on iTunes's stance on that and if they're going to delete me if I choose to use that and distribute to their platform. I just don't even freaking know, brothers. And I don't want to run the risk. I just got re, you know, put back on Apple's platform. I'm not going to delete myself again just for being a dumbass. So anyways, I love how I said that I was only going to do bullet points in explaining this and do just a, a really quick explanation. And it's been literally almost seven and a half minutes. Let's just get into the review of the week <laughs> because it's been a minute since I last read these and granted they weren't available for me to read on the last episode because all of the reviews were deleted as well along with the pod. But now that they're back, I can see the 378 ratings again. So if you would like to go and leave a review for the podcast, maybe next episode, you will be the reviewer of the week. But this week we have Miss Brandy's Freckles. 
The subject of their review is a BFF connection, five stars. I've been watching Meg since I was 13 and I'm now 21, and I love that her advice and content has been there to help me and grow with me through the years. Her podcasts always make me feel grounded and like I'm hearing from a best friend, in parentheses, usually while I'm making dinner, lol, (laughs) and never fail to make me feel connected and understood no matter the issue which I just thought was a really cute one because I really like to imagine you guys, you know, listening to this in your car, driving around, or maybe with a friend, or maybe while you're doing the dishes or cooking dinner or something like it's just so cute. So thank you so much, Brandy's Freckles, for leaving that review. And to everybody else, just go onto the Apple Podcasts app and, you know, crank up those reviews for me because maybe if we have more, they won't delete us. Just kidding. It was not that issue. Um, I'm just being optimistic here. And on that note... (laughs) Let's get into the topic of today's episode, which is positivity and perspective. I'm very excited to be talking about these things today because honestly, I know that a lot of you either found me or started watching me or were, you know, drawn to watching me because throughout high school, I would make a lot of positivity videos or, you know, tips for a positive life or something of the sort. Um, Because the reason why I even got into really just the law of attraction is what drew me into the power of positive thinking. Um, This is a bit of a backstory for you. (laughs) Um, It was because of a book by Maud Sun called Did I Ever Wake Up? And I truly just thought of that book so high. I was like, oh my gosh, this book freaking changed my life. I watched The Secret after that. I started reading about it more and I was like, oh my God, mentality to reality. Like I totally freaking get it, you know? Like it totally took over just how I would think in high school and still has, you know, its remnants in my life to this day, for sure. I mean, I still believe that your mentality is your reality, for sure. But I also believe that, you know, as a more well-seasoned adult with more lessons and also more exposure to mental health issues such as depression and anxiety, like in that book, in Monsan's book, he literally says, depression and anxiety do not exist. And at that time, I was like, oh my god, yeah, totally. Like, when you're that young and impressionable, you will eat anything up that anybody tells you. You know what I mean? And it's not like I didn't believe that those mental health issues didn't exist. I just didn't have them. I had nobody in my life who was really like an outlet for that to explain that to me. So I was just like completely not educated in that sense. And it really wasn't until I started seeing my current partner, Finley, that I started to see like firsthand depression anxiety, other various things. Obviously my friends would kind of like talk about their depression to me occasionally or say that they were anxious, but I never really was like immersed in it until I started seeing Finley more seriously. So that's when I kind of was like, okay, well, it's not just all like in your head. It's a lot to do with the chemical imbalance in your brain. So I wish that high school me knew these lessons because I really hope 
that I didn't offend anybody back then. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if I did because like I went back and I watched, I think it was called five tips for a positive life on my channel when I was first preparing this episode of the podcast. And I was watching it being like, oh my God, I was just like relentlessly positive, you know, like denying that any other feeling could exist. And those types of situations, just like hell bent on positivity. I understand that it's one thing to just like want to look at the bright side of things and to be like, hey, cheer up, buttercup. You can get through this. Like being encouraging is fine, but it was kind of, I mean, I don't recommend going back and watching it because I'm 23 now and I have more lessons than I did when I was freaking 16, obviously, and more life experience. But basically what I'm trying to say is since then, I have learned more about true perspective and getting the perspective of other people who do have mental illness, you know, and, you know, I deal with anxiety myself often. And that didn't develop until like well into my twenties. And I just completely like wouldn't have seen that coming for myself. But at the same time, just because you're a positive person doesn't mean that you can't get anxious sometimes. Just because you're a positive person doesn't mean that you can't get depressed sometimes as well. And I think that a lot of what I was doing in high school was just like living in this kind of state of denial that either those things could happen to me or were happening to other people. And yeah, I mean, if you guys found me throughout those years and were ever like listening to the things I was saying and were like, wow, this is harmful. Like this isn't good for you to just be like preaching. I don't think I was ever, you know, intentionally trying to hurt anybody. I know that I was never trying to hurt anybody, but I would not be surprised if some people listened to me and were like, this girl needs to just fucking stop. You know what I mean? Because she doesn't get it. But now... I, I'm not going to say that I understand literally everybody's situation, but I definitely have a better grip on depression and anxiety than I did when I had none of that in my repertoire. Does this make sense? <laughs> I just felt like it was important to include that because I'm also a huge advocate for people learning, growing, and changing and being able to admit when they were wrong or shared the wrong information or whatever it might be, you know, like education is key. It's great. I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, I just really, I, looking back at that time in my life, it's not like I was harming anybody on purpose or none of that stuff. I mean, I was just really trying to get everybody to like understand where I was coming from. But when you kind of pick this apart and look at it, positivity and, you know, the, I guess just constant want to look at the bright side and the ability to say that is so easy when you're a privileged white woman living in the suburbs at fucking, you know, 16. And that's when I was preaching a lot of this is that that's when I was like, you know, just making all these videos being like, it's not that bad where you are. And literally like I went back to that video, right? The five tips for a positive life. I was reading some of the comments and it was like, you can say this stuff, but my family is really mean to me. My family abuses me. My family doesn't get me. And you don't experience that. And if you, if I had actually experienced hardship, I wouldn't have been, you know, in the same exact boat, I don't think, in saying the same things as I was back then, because everybody's life experience is different. 
And obviously perspective is completely subjective. Like when I talk about my own personal perspective, I'm seeing it through my own lens, my own eyes, through my own life experiences. I'm not going to be having the same perspective as somebody who grew up in poverty and had a completely different life than I did growing up. So please understand when listening to this episode that I did have a very privileged upbringing. I am a white woman living in America. Like, duh, you know, I did not nearly face the same things that other people did. And that's why I probably had such a small (laughs) repertoire in dealing with other people's issues and advising on them for so long, because. I mean, obviously my go-to is just like, smile through it, be happy. But, you know, perspective is really interesting in that way. It's like a lot of people are completely consumed by their thoughts and negative ones to be exact. And it's really hard to be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get a job, even though I've been unemployed for X amount of months. Or if you had a really shitty day at work and then you immediately come home and, you know, somebody in your family or your partner, whoever it might be, is like nagging at you, how are you supposed to just look at the bright side and be like, you know what? Yeah, this is a totally great day and I'm going to do everything that you want because today was awesome, man. You know, (laughs) it just wasn't like you can feel those feelings. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've just gotten so much more used to just feeling everything and being honest with myself and not being like, wow, I really need to be positive right now. Like there are a hundred percent moments where I am weeping, where I'm super sad. And that doesn't mean that I don't also have moments where I'm trying to look at the bright side of things. So really it's just, it's not one reality is what I'm trying to say. And also, oftentimes, hardship makes you kind of more of a positive person. Like my friend Hitomi Machizuki on YouTube, she right now is making videos about just like balance and joy and inner peace and daily practices that keep her out of just spiraling into a darker depression or, you know, some kind of a black hole of thoughts. And she grew up vastly different than I did. She has a lot of stuff that she went through that I have no reference for in my life. You know what I mean? But if you guys are curious about that, Chella Man, C-H-E-L-L-A-M-A-N, did a video about Hitomi. And it's called on YouTube, Hitomi's Life Story. If you guys are curious or you watch her and you've never seen this before, it definitely gives you a perspective shift. And her message right now is like completely the opposite of, I'm sure, what she was told when she was younger, you know, and all of the things she was going through at the time. And this is just one example, obviously. But um, I think that it's definitely important to note that just because you've been through hardship doesn't mean that you can't be a positive person, but also I'm really not in the place to tell you that you need to be, (laughs) is what I'm trying to say. But I am saying that it is indeed possible. And oftentimes people who have been through a lot come out on the other end with like a huge joy and a lust for life because they're like, wow, I know how bad it could really be. And now I have my perspective changed to where I value things so much more than the next person because of what I went through. And that mindset is exactly why I wanted to make this episode today, brothers. 
This was originally going to be my episode 91 when I had gotten back from the fire evacuation and my vacation in Montana with my family and was just like truly in this place and still am in this place where I just completely had a perspective shift as a result of going through a truly traumatic experience with my community, you know, like truly thinking that my house was going to be completely gone. And I was just in this kind of limbo for two weeks where I didn't know if it was going to rain anytime soon and put out the fires three miles behind my house, or if it was going to be completely encroaching on my land when I came back, or if I even could come back when we got back from Montana. I didn't know if I could go back to my house. Oof. I mean, even thinking about it again, is just like giving me all the feelings, but, um, I made an entire story time on my YouTube channel. If you're curious about like details and my mindset during the actual events, of evacuating our house and where we went and, you know, all of the feelings on not knowing if we were going to have to like set the pigs free or if we wanted to bring them with us and try to like hoist them into our truck. It was just so many things. And I feel like after, you know, doing that and coming back to my house, I had done so much detachment from this house as just a structure. When I came back and I was like, oh my God, still here. That's amazing. My garden is still here. And, you know, the house in itself with all my belongings in it, granted, we did take out as much as we could when we were evacuating that was meaningful to us. Um, I just had such a perspective shift of like, wow, I don't know, none of this really matters at the end of the day, because I was safe. My family was safe, you know, my little animals were safe, and that was okay, and we had everything with us that we would have been sad if it had burned, but also just like I had done, like I was saying, so much detachment from the structure, so when I came back, I was truly like in awe that I was able to live in my own home again and um, unload my clothing, and I was like weeping as I was folding my clothes and putting it away because I was just like, wow... Some people don't even have a wardrobe like this. Some people completely lost their houses. Some people don't live in a house that I live in, you know? Like, that's just also something that I started thinking so much about is like, even aside from just the privilege of being able to come back to my own home in Oregon, even though so many Oregon homes were lost, just like even coming back to the house that I was in and being like, wow, I fucking live here? Are you kidding? on this land that's so beautiful and in this home that's so magnificent, like what? And so I think that going through traumatic events and hardship, obviously um, I didn't have it as bad as other people, but that doesn't invalidate the experience and the true like trauma that was, you know, trying to get everybody safe and well and evacuating from one house to the other and then being evacuated from where we evacuated to because our friends were leaving as well to go to Washington instead. And just like so many things like that were so up in the air. My life was very up in the air. I had grabbed so many things that I was like, is this even of meaning to me? Like (laughs) that was a lot of what I was thinking about. And that's truly what inspired me to record this episode because I was thinking about like, what would you save in a fire? You know, I'm asking you this question right now because personally what I saved at the very beginning was like everything work related, which is like, 
I can buy all of that stuff again. It would be a bitch to do so, but it's not like as meaningful as, you know, the years of photos and memories that I have packed into little tiny shoe boxes and, you know, the picture frames and the YouTube plaques and the box of handwritten letters from you guys and all of this stuff that's truly like the the substance of life, you know, like all of these memories that are packed with joy and all of these things, like those are the types of things that I wanted to save, but I was just kind of running around the house being like, okay, and I'm going to keep working while we're getting through this, right? And it's just like <laughs> my perspective from the initial evacuation to like coming back home was so different. I was just so happy to like sleep in my own bed again and like feel the water pressure of my own shower. Oh yeah, truly. And I mean, like you don't know how good everything is that you have until you're worried that it's all going to go away. And speaking of little quotes like that, there's a song by the band called the Saga of Papodi Rug, I believe it's pronounced. And there's a lyric that says, you don't know what you gained till you find out what you lost. <laughs> and that's so true. I mean, just coming back to my house, I didn't know that I would have gained such a vast lust for life <laughs> again after, you know, going through something like that. But I did. And I was just like, valuing so much just the power of relationships and like the little simplicities of seeing my neighbor outside in her driveway and knowing that she was safe and like being able to hug Olya, you know, and then going over to my neighbor Athena's house as well and being like, wow, I'm just so glad that every animal on your farm, you know, 30 plus of them are all okay. Like how insane is that? That every single one of them was basically unharmed. Granted, her cow did have some complications, got mastitis as a result of like the stress of evacuation. But like, that's another perspective shift too, is like a lot of people, especially if you guys are animal lovers like me, think about all the animals who have lived their lives growing up on farms and then had to be evacuated. And then we're just trying to like go through their daily routines again but instead of being at their home farm they're at like this gigantic fairgrounds with hundreds of other evacuated animals in these small like four foot by four foot stalls per animal and it's like what even what are they supposed to do just like learn to adjust and adapt I mean most animals do eventually but to think about all the animals who just like were so also traumatized by this I mean my pigs here Ducky and Peach they were pretty chill for most of it I feel like they wanted to be evacuated during the whole like 10 minute process of loading them into the truck and everything like they're pretty easy but once they were on the highway in the back of our truck bed we were like oh my god they've never experienced this level of wind before and like peach was like foaming at the mouth she was so stressed out when we found her when we like slowed the car down also just keep in mind finley was driving them and he was driving like 45 miles an hour in the slowest lane of the highway he wasn't like going 80 and just you know going crazy he was definitely keeping them in mind but when we finally got to where we were evacuating we found peach huddled in the back corner of the truck bed and she was just in a ball back there freaking like foaming at the mouth because she was so stressed 
and was just like having such a hard time. And then days later, when we were evacuating again from our friend Shay's house in Oregon City, and we relocated to Northeast Portland at my friend Summer and Chris's house, when we were finally unloading the pigs there, we realized that Peach had lost a waddle on her neck. And I don't know if it had happened like during evacuation or weeks before, and we just never noticed. It didn't really look like a fresh wound, but yeah, one of her little waddles, which is basically like a, almost it could be compared to a human skin tag. She lost one of those. And then the other one that she still had on was like rock hard to the touch. It was so strange. And everybody that I was asking on like pig forums online on the Facebook page for Cooney Cooney Pigs that I'm a part of, like nobody knew what to tell me. They were like, oh, that's so weird. I've never seen that before. I've heard of them like falling off in fights, but Ducky is submissive. She's not fighting Peach. You know, if anything, Peach is the one who's knocking her around. So it was just so strange. But Peach's second waddle ended up falling off while we were in Montana and my friends Summer and Chris were watching her and they were like sending me updates of her wound and stuff like that. And then she comes back to farm Megan Finn and she's just a whole brand new woman, waddleless being cared for in her pasture. She completely had, well, both of the pigs, they had like a makeshift pasture and like were sleeping in a shed that was like, you know, nowhere near as big the space that they have. So they escaped multiple times. Like they were just trying their best to just stay positive and make the best out of their situation in Portland. But at the same time, you know, their best is going and eating all of the vegetables in neighboring gardens and eating the neighbor's fruit trees and all of these things. And, you know, we really needed them to just stay in their area. <laughs> but they, I feel like they had a fine time while we were evacuated. It definitely was like the most ideal situation to be where we were in Portland with them because they had a backyard and everything like that, which, you know, was just something that we were having a lot of trouble finding when we were evacuating because we didn't want to take them to the fairgrounds. I just knew that every facility like that was completely at capacity and was probably already overwhelmed as it is. And I didn't want to have to drive all the way out of my way to go and feed the pigs when I could have them in the backyard of where we were staying. Anyways, um, I'm talking a lot about evacuation, but it's truly like probably the biggest event that's happened in my life thus far. I mean, like through all of this, going through this with Finley and seeing how he reacted to these types of things and how our attitudes were changing throughout the days. Like even on the days when I thought that my house would surely burn down that day, like when the two fires were gonna combine the Beachy Creek fire and the Riverside fire, the weather patterns would change as a result and it was just really high stakes. And even on that day, I just feel like both of us were so chill for even being in a situation like that. And we would just hold each other at night and be like, you know, if anything bad happens, at least we have each other and our family is safe and the animals are okay. And everybody's going to be fine. Um, and actually, 
This is really pure. I'm going to share this with you guys. There was one night where, so when we evacuated to Northeast Portland and we're staying at Summer and Chris's, we were in like a 10 minute drive to my friend Annalie's house. And the reason why we weren't staying with Annalie is because they don't have a big enough yard at her house for the pigs. And she has three roommates as well. So it would have just been like really tight and um, not ideal for anybody involved. But I know that we could have gone there. But anywho's, because we were a 10 minute drive, we went over to her house one night and we were outside, Finley and I, letting the dogs out to go to the bathroom. And we were just like, it was one of those movie moments where you can like see your friends from inside the window of a house, but like you're outside in the yard and they're just laughing, giggling, you know, cooking food and sharing conversations. And we were just watching them and like holding each other in the yard. And I just looked at Finley and I was like, I love their house. And he just looked at me and he said, you're my house. You're my home. And then he gave me a really big smooch. And honestly, like thinking back to that moment, it's so true. Like the people in your life who matter most to you, they are your home base. And it doesn't matter if your home is fleeting or you don't have a home, you know, you're homeless or living between, you know, couch surfing and all of the stuff. Like it doesn't matter where you're going as long as you know that you're safe with the company around you. And I just felt like that was such an important perspective to share of like, sure, it's nice and a huge luxury to have a bed to sleep in and your own place to call your own. But also at the end of the day, like as long as you have who you have, it's it's going to be okay. I'm sorry if you can hear Rue having the hiccups. She's on my lap right now being really cute and sleepy. But I would say in summary, you know, that whole period of the two weeks that we were evacuated, there was a lot of uncertainty, but also at the same time, there was a lot of little joys. Like I felt so safe in the places that we evacuated to. I was so happy to be with friends because obviously throughout the course of 2020, we've been in this horrible COVID-19 pandemic and I haven't really had a lot of social interaction. So for Summer and Chris to open up their home to Finley and I, um, Summer is a patron of mine. So she's she messaged me on there and was like, you are more than welcome to come and stay with my partner, Chris and I, we have room for you, you know? And she took us in and like just hanging out with them was so nourishing and pure and amazing. And it really brought us close together. And I'm so happy that I got to like know their spirits and who they are as people through this event. And also just being around like my friend Shay and her partner when we originally evacuated to their house, like it was just so amazing. They just took us in. They were like, you can shower in our shower and we can feed you warm food and just stay here. And like that nourishing time was so amazing. And then going over to Annalise and hanging out with her roommates and she made us homemade pizza, like <sighs> all of the situations were just so ideal and I'm so blessed to have those people in my life who were truly like there to help us out and also just provide us with like distraction and conversation from the um, horror in our minds at some points. I really was uncertain about the home but I was sure that I was in good company and a safe place wherever I went which is definitely really amazing. And it kept my spirits high because of that. It's It kept me just thinking like, you know, 
as long as I have these people in my life, I'm going to be okay. As long as I have this food, as long as I have like this shower and this bed, like I'm going to be okay. Um, and just really made me appreciate so many of the little things. So this all being said, I wanted to go back and read those five tips for a happier life that I originally wrote when I was 16. And I just wanted to kind of like add some 23 year old commentary onto them. And again, I know I was kind of talking at the beginning and being like, blah, blah, blah. What I was saying back then was harmful. I don't mean that the information I was sharing on tips for living a happier life was harmful in its essence. I don't mean that at all. I just mean that like my overall mindset when it came to truly just like mental health issues and, you know, negative mindsets and um, negative thought patterns and spiraling. Like I had no yeah, I mean, you heard what I said at the beginning. It was more so about that, not like the fact that I was sharing harmful information, but I think that when it came to like sharing pizza talks and advice videos and other just things in general, when people would reach out to me for advice, I'm sure that I didn't have the repertoires I did now. And I don't even mean to say that I have a good repertoire now as a 23 year old. I have so much more to learn. I don't have all the answers. I'm just saying that I have a little bit more under my belt. So anyways, I'm going to go back through these five tips for a happier, more positive life, brothers. The number one thing is don't let things bother you that are out of your control. And this one is definitely a little bit of what I was talking about earlier of like, you know, if you are experiencing hardship, if you're in a bad family situation, if you're in a toxic relationship or something that feels overwhelming to you to deal with and you feel like you don't maybe have the tools to deal with that I completely understand that and empathize with you but also at the same time if you feel like you have the power to control a situation if you have the power to leave a situation then it's different because like you know when you're with Let's just take this situation for example, and obviously I'm really not trying to be offensive in saying any of this, but you know when you're with those types of people who are literally always complaining about the same thing, like they just hate X, Y, and Z about their life. Let's say it's like their job. They're always complaining about their job. Their job sucks. Their boss is so mean to them. And every time you see them, they're like, oh God, just work is so horrible. I freaking hate my job. I completely understand that it is in this COVID-19 pandemic, it is a privilege to have a job that you still are going to and working at. I'm talking like not in these kind of situations, but just like, you know, different circumstances. If somebody is like constantly complaining, but they can change what they're doing or they can quit their job, they have the ability to like take that into their own hands and change the situation then what's the use in complaining about it or letting things bother you and like completely consume your mind, you know? And so this is where it's kind of like, take what I say with a grain of salt, because obviously this is like completely situational. And sometimes you actually, there are things that are out of your control in your life that, you know, you don't necessarily have a say in, but I would like to think that most people have their life in their own hands and are available to be able to make decisions for themselves and be like, you know what, this is really not bringing me joy anymore. I need to leave. And 
obviously also, you don't have to take my advice. Even if I'm like your best fucking friend in real life and you're constantly complaining to me, there's like a level of advice that I will give. And once I realize that it's like not being accepted or heard or it's falling on ears that aren't listening, you know, like in the past, if my friends have been in really shitty relationships and they're constantly complaining about their partner being horrible to them. And I'm like, you know, I just really think you deserve better, man. I just really think that you should move on because he really isn't treating you how you deserve to be treated. And I want you to see yourself as I see you, you know, it's enough to say that and hope that they hear the message. But at the end of the day, people will take their life into their own hands at whatever time they want to, not just because you said so. So that's always nice to keep in mind with that first point as well. So anywho's number two is express gratitude. This is the key to a happy life, baby. <laughs> just expressing gratitude for what you have. Post-evacuation, I was literally smiling at everybody on the street, you know, well, from my car. <laughs> And when I was on the street, I had a mask on, but, um, you know, just being nice to people at the grocery store and just waving at everybody when I was driving down the road and just feeling so nice. And I would go out onto my front porch when I would let my dogs out and I would just like stretch and look up at the sky and just be like, thank you. And I still do this at night. I'll do a big stretch and I'll talk to the moon for a little bit and just express my gratitude. And it sounds really cliche and a little weird and maybe slightly witchy, but at the same time, it's really great. And it's totally a key in my life to just living more positively because it's really nice to acknowledge the good things that you have and be able to say, Hey, this is awesome universe or whatever you believe in God, whoever's listening. Thank you for giving this to me. You know, we are always taking, we're always taking things for granted, but we are rarely acknowledging what we have and expressing gratitude. And I really want that to become a daily practice for everybody is to at least at some point, whether it's before bed or when you wake up in the morning or at some random point throughout the day, or maybe when you're listening to this podcast, you know, just look up and say thanks, truly, just for me. Well, and yourselves. Anyways, number three is hope that when people come to you, they will leave happier. So that is my intention when I have interactions, obviously. But if somebody's coming at me with some crazy energy and I need to set the record straight on something, I will obviously meet them with whatever crazy stuff they're coming at me with. You know what I mean? Um, that goes for whatever, you know, blasphemy on the internet or little things like that. I'm totally down to just reply back to people and be like, this is completely untrue and very rude. You know, I'm not just going to be like, wow, thank you so much for sharing your spirit with me. You're so valid. And I love this negative response so much. Like, hell no, dude. I'm talking when people come to you, your friends come over, when you're around family, just have the intention of when you're spending time with people in real life in those true meaningful relationships that when people leave your presence, they're feeling lighter, they're feeling happier, they're feeling heard. And make sure that you're not doing this for egotistical reasons, like so that they'll see you as some kind of like amazing person. Like you truly have to just want this every day, you know? And like oftentimes I don't even really think about this as an intention. I just feel like, I hope to emanate that 
or emit those vibes, you know, like have people come to me, leave feeling understood and nourished because that's what good social interaction should do to you. And that's what I want out of my friends is good nourishing social time and feeling like, you know, I'm being held and heard by my friends. So just hope that people come to you, leave a little bit happier. And number four is live your life only for yourself. (laughs) And I do mean that a little bit selfishly, because when you are constantly trying to impress people or, you know, be some kind of a weird, I don't know, person that you're not, (laughs) it's just not the vibe, man. You just really need to figure out who you are, who you want to be, what you want to emanate, and just freaking hold on to that and just live that for not anybody else's judgment, but just because you want to do it. And I know that this is like easier said than done. You know, a lot of people have visions of how they see their lives and maybe some things come into the way and they can't be their authentic selves. They can't be who they want to be because of certain circumstances or people that they're living with or um, how people at school might view them or whatever it might be. Um, I understand that people have things that hold them back, but I really hope that you at least have some people in your life who you can be your authentic self around. And if anything, when you're in the company of yourself, I hope that you are being yourself to yourself. You know what I mean? And feel comfortable expressing you know, your own self-love and gratitude and self-care practices and all those things. I just hope you're taking care of yourselves, basically, is how I'm interpreting this point today. But truly, I know a lot of people have separate circumstances that make them, you know, makes it difficult for them to feel as authentic as they can. But at the end of the day, like, let's just keep in mind that you're on this earth to be living your best life, to be fulfilling your purpose, which is basically just to be existing and, you know, doing whatever your little heart desires, as long as you're not hurting everybody and whatever you believe your purpose to be, it's not my place to tell you, but I truly feel like we're all just here to be happy. So, you know, I just really hope that you're living your life with that intention and for yourself and not just for somebody else or to please a man or something stupid like that. Anyways, the last point is number five, and it's something that I kind of touched on earlier, but surround yourself with people who only bring you higher. And I truly feel like this is something that is still such a beautiful uh, point in my life is like, this still rings true. Even in high school, I surrounded myself with very positive people. I felt like a lot of my best friends totally understood where I was coming from. And um, I always had kind of a great circle around me. And I'm super privileged in that way. Like, I had an easy high school experience. I had a lot of really great friends. I still keep in touch with so many of them. And I'm just so, so grateful for those experiences and those people. And even post high school, you know, now that my friends have graduated college and I've moved across the country, I'm still in contact with so many of those people. And even that being said, I have also made new beautiful friends in new places that I've relocated to. And those people are positive and those people bring me higher. And I'm just so grateful for that. And I feel like these five tips combined just can really help change your perspective, offer you a, you know, a nice positive way of living and a nice mindset to have. 
But this all being said, obviously, I totally understand that everybody's circumstance is different. And whatever you're dealing with right now, just know that you are heard and seen and understood by me. And I really am wishing only the best for every single one of you listening. And I hope that this falls on, you know, well-received ears. Does that make sense? I hope that you receive this well, is what I'm trying to say. And I have no malintent in sharing this. I'm not just trying to say that every single person on earth needs to be smiling all the time and be masking their pain of everyday life occurrences because life can be fucking painful. You know, I've had some very horrible traumatic things happen to me as well. And that doesn't mean that I can't come out on the other side of it and be like, wow, I learned from that. And now I know what I don't want in a man. Now I know what I don't want when I look for a home. Oh my gosh. When it comes to, you know, fire evacuation things, just making sure that I'm around well-managed and well-maintained forestry land, um, whatever it might be, you know, lessons are learned. We try to keep our spirits high in the face of just all of these crazy things that life throws at us. And I hope that you're doing that today. I'm going to wrap this up for all of my Spotify, Apple, and all other platform listeners. And I'm going to pick this up on my Patreon and um, talk a little bit more till I fill out an hour. And then I will do a little playlist attachment to the end of it as well. But I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening and receiving this today. Uh, I hope you have a great day or night whenever you're listening. I'm super stoked to be back making podcasts for you guys again. And I will just talk to you in the next one. And until then, go check out all my other shit. Love you. Peace out.